You are listening to the Father's House podcast located in Owensboro, Kentucky. For more information, visit thefathershouseky.com. Amen. Well, good morning, everybody. How are we? Man, that was so good. That worship was so good. I'm a, I'm a worship junkie. Yeah, that's, she mentioned uh, we lead the house of prayer in Somerset, and we give uh, about eight hours a week to uh, worship and prayer in, in there in the prayer room, and so we're big worship junkies, and uh, any time I get to go to, uh, to different churches and, and ministries and minister, it's so good to hear just the different types of worship, the, the sounds that are coming out of those different places. Um, and even this morning, we were in prayer with the worship team, and um, I heard the Father say this. Um, you guys are familiar with the, the, the verse, in my Father's house are many mansions. How many ever read that verse before? You've heard that. And I heard the Lord use that, that verse and, and change it up a little bit in my mind, and he said it this way, in my Father's house are many expressions. If you look up that word mansions, it's actually where we get rooms. In my father's house, there are many rooms. If you know about a house, everyone here should, you live in a house, you know that each room in that house makes up that house. However, each room is unique in its own way to bring an expression to that house. And that's what I believe is happening here and happening across the globe is there are the voices, the the beloved, who bring their own aspect to the table in the Father's house and begin to pour out their expression to the Lord. And the Lord says, that is beautiful to me. He's a God of diversity, right? He's a God who loves all of the different colors. He loves all of the different expressions. And I believe that's what Abba is doing in this hour. He's raising up sons and daughters who don't look alike, who don't think alike, but who say, you know what? There's a common goal of I'm going to pour out my offering to him. I'm gonna bring what I have to him no matter what it costs because it brings him him honor and it brings him glory. And and my wife was saying when you guys were starting, she said, look at how beautiful it is to see this worship team I mean you got the the keyboardist I love your your playing is really good by the way can we give this guy a hand clap he is so good so anointed all of you guys are amazing I was blown away I'm texting Michael during worship and I'm saying dude the worship is amazing but you got the keyboardist, you know, he's, he's wearing a, a Red Wings hat and, and, you know, he's, you're probably a country boy, right? A little bit of a country boy, maybe? A little bit, okay? <laughs> then you got the, the guy over here who's got the boots that could kick, kick the gates of hell open, you know, the big black boots. And, and then you've got, you know, you've got a mama, a mother leading worship over here. You're a mama in the, in the worship movement. You've got a father back here shredding the guitar. I love it, man. I just, I'm like, my heart's coming alive when I see the expressions. You've got the sound man. You've got the coolest look in the whole building, man. This guy is awesome. I want earrings like that. Like that is, it's beautiful. It is the father's house. We are in the father's house.
We think unity is conformity, but unity is diversity. In the kingdom, everything is upside down. What we think is conformity, look like me, talk like me, act like me, that's not the way of the kingdom. The way of the kingdom is you have who you are, which is a different coat of the greater Joseph, Jesus, wearing his coat of many colors, and you're one of those colors. And he's saying, I wanna show you off. I wanna reveal, I want to unveil to the world who you are in me, in me through you. That's the way he works. He works by way of sharing. That is the nature of the Father. It is the nature of the Father to share you with the world. I know we all want to glorify him, but he also wants to glorify us. If you don't believe me, read John 17. I pray the glory that you and I have, that they would have, that I would be able to show them how good you are. It's a sharing kingdom. Everything that he is, he shares with you and then he tells you, go and light up the world with that glory. Mm. Are y'all hearing me this morning? It is beautiful. This morning, I'm just sitting back like, this is awesome. This is the Father's house. This is the Father's house. This is not just the name on the building. This is the nature of this house. And I prophesy that you're gonna begin to see the nations pour into this place. And they're not gonna look alike. They're not gonna talk alike. They're not gonna think alike. But welcome them in because I'm telling you, God is pouring out his spirit in Owensboro, Kentucky. And what is known as an industrial hub will become a revival hub for the nations. And I believe that's what Abba is releasing in this hour. This is why I'm here. I'm here because I messaged Michael when I saw the name change and I said, Michael, do you realize what, what's taking place? I felt that in the spirit. I'm, 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 I opened the scroll, Facebook. <laughs> I'm scrolling <laughs> and I see the name change. Good Shepherd changed his name to the Father's house. And I felt like in my spirit, like a good gut punch. You ever had that before, Holy Spirit? Like, bam, <laughs> oh, wow. That's awesome. I texted Michael, I said, bro, this is, wow. I I know you know what the Father's doing, but do you really know what the Father's doing? Because the Father's been doing this to us in Somerset. He's been re-identifying his church as not workers, but sons and daughters. That creation is crying out for the unveiling of sons and daughters. Not workers, not, not what you do, but who you are. That's what creation's saying. I want them to come alive too. We're gonna jump into that. I'm getting ahead of myself. Everybody say mercy over Robbie. (laughs) I'm here because I believe it's a prophetic moment and that what God is speaking to us, he's also speaking to you. And so I hope today that I can encourage you. But But I text Michael, I said, man, this is awesome what's happening, you know, this name change. And I believe it's more than just a name change. I believe it's, I believe Jacob is morphing into Israel. I believe Jacob is becoming Israel. And he he texts me back a few minutes later. He said, would you come and speak? I'm gonna be gone on October 10th. Would you come and speak? I said, I'd be glad to. And right after I text, I'd be glad to. I text, would it be okay if I shared on the Father's heart? Because that's all I think about anymore. Misty will tell you, that's all I preach about, that's all I think about is Abba Father. Like the revelation of Abba has consumed my life. 
I mean, I'm sure the people at the house of prayer are like, come on, Robbie, talk about something else. That's all I talk about. So I texted Michael and, he, and, and I said, would it be okay if I spoke on the Father's heart, sinned? And as soon as my text message went in, his came through, which he was probably, apparently he was texting as I was texting. As soon as my message went through, would it be okay if I, if I taught on the Father's heart? He said, we're actually on a series on the Father's heart. I'm like, you can't, you can't make this stuff up. And I'm like, okay, yes, I'll be there. So I, I'm here because of that. My wife is here because there's a target. <laughs> she can smell a target a mile away. How many husbands know what I'm talking about? Lord. She loves targets. I mean, they just, it's, it's hilarious. But I really feel like today is just a divine appointment. It's a setup of the Lord. And I really, I'm so encouraged for each, each one of you in this whole body. I'm really, really encouraged. Um, let me give you just a little bit of a, my prophetic history. Um, I know I'm talking to prophetic people. How many prophetic people we got in the house? Yeah, come on. Some of my journey um, began about about four years ago, back in 2017, um, and the Lord began to really um, interrupt me, and I mean that in a great way, in a positive way. He began to interrupt me with the revelation of Abba Father. And um, now I've always, you know, I grew up in church. I grew up in an amazing home. I grew up, uh, my grandpa was a traveling evangelist. My dad, um, he, he, he loves Jesus with all his heart. He's never pastored, but he bleeds Jesus, right? He, uh, he's a car salesman. He, he owns a car lot. And it's funny because we always talk about when you come to A&A Auto Sales, you're not just buying a car, you're getting saved. He's an evangelist. That's, when he, that's his gift is, is evangelism. So, you know, he'll always ask them before they leave, are you saved? Do you know Jesus? And if they're not, they're probably gonna meet Jesus. And uh, so I grew up in a great, great home. I, I, had, a, I had a healthy home growing up. Um, I had a good father who, who really showed me an image forth, uh, at least in part, a heavenly father. So that was my context for growing up. So I knew a little bit about the father, and, but I never understood it like I have now. And so back in 2017, about four years ago, the Lord began to kind of just show me throughout the gospels in the life of Jesus, the revelation of Abba Father. Um, in 2019, we're, we're hosting a conference there in Somerset at the House of Prayer. And uh, I, the last session of the night, I speak on the heart of the Father to pursue the Apostle Peter even after he had ran and went back to what he was comfortable with, right? When he, after he denied Jesus, he runs back to fish what is comfortable, what he feels like he's good at because he feels, like he's not, he feels like he's not good at following Jesus, so he feels like he's good at fishing. Let's go back to fishing. And so he goes, and Jesus pursues him and speaks the language of fish to bring him back into fellowship with him. It's a beautiful story. I share that right after I speak the sermon, a lady comes up to me who had driven all the way from Chicago, Illinois, it says, Robbie, I came to this conference. I, I saw the advertisement on Facebook, 
But when I saw it, I knew that I had to go, not just because it was a conference, but I felt like the Father wanted me to impart something to the house of prayer, to you. She said, I've been here, you know, for a couple of days during the conference and I never, it's been good, but I never really understood why am I here? I never could get that, you know, you know, this is what the Lord's saying. So I, I, I waited and waited. And when I heard you speak, the Lord began to share with me what I'm supposed to share with you. And she's this little sweet lady, never met her before. Her name's Vicki. She's about like this, you know, just a, a little small lady, but man, when she speaks, it's like, yeah. And she says, Robbie, she begins to prophesy over me and I won't share the whole word, but the, the gist of it was is that the father is going to interrupt you with the revelation of who he is. Abba Father revelation is gonna consume you to the point that that's all you can think about. And that father's gonna to begin to send you out to share the message of Abba Father to a generation. And man, I felt that word, I felt that prophetic word and there was a yes in my heart and there still is. And that has been, again, all I think about when I go to the scriptures, I, I see everything through the lens of Abba Father. I see his gentleness. I see his kindness. I see his furious love to protect my heart. I don't see separation between father and son. I, don't, I used to think that father was the bad guy, the bad cop, and Jesus was the good cop. I used to think that father was mad at me, but thank God for Jesus who simmered his father down and created this screen by which he would see me now. And although I'm covered dung, at least he now tolerates me through the screen of his son, Jesus. Does that make sense? So Jesus was the good guy, the happy guy, healing everybody, doing all of those things, but God was just a little bit ticked off. And if I, if I made him mad enough, he was gonna punish me, right? And so that, that played out in my life. But I have been, the Lord has been showing me no distinction between Jesus and the Father. They are, you, they are totally one. More one than you and I can even imagine. To the point that John, who writes the last book, chronologically, begins his gospel saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. That word with in the Hebrew or in the Greek is the word pros, P-R-O-S. It means face-to-face -face total interaction. Since the beginning, since the beginning, there has been the union and the oneness of father and son in wholehearted, perfect love relationship. I believe the reason John wrote that and begins his gospel was he was seeing throughout church history. And if you understand history, John, this is my own opinion, John did not intend to write the gospel until the, 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 uh, some of the leaders and the bishops of the church came to John. History will tell us. The bishops came to John and said, John, we need you to write an account of the gospel of when you walked with Jesus because we see that the church is going astray from the true message of the Father and the Son being in union. So John, for three days, he goes up to a mountain and he fasts and prays. And after three days, he begins to write what we now have as the gospel of John. 
the 22 chapters of the, of the book of John. And in the book of John, in the New Testament, let me say this, in the New Testament, there are almost 500 references to, father, to God as Father. The Old Testament, when the word Father is used, when the term Father is used, only four of those times is it referring to God as Father. But in the New Testament, we have almost 500 times where the word Father is used and 90 some percent of the time that that father is you, that word father is used, it's relating to God as father. In other words, the overwhelming dominant revelation of the New Testament is that God is a father. And he is a father revealed in the life of Jesus. Of those almost 500 times, 118 times in the book of John, he writes about the Father. And if you'll read the book of John, you will see over and over and over and over the revelation of Father, Abba, Father. It overwhelms John's language when he communicates who God is. Of the 25,000 words that Jesus speaks, one out of every 140 words, we have Jesus saying, Father. Think about that. One out of every 140 words that Jesus speaks, he's speaking of Abba, Father. That's one out of every seven sentences. Jesus is talking about the Father. If you and I were to talk about someone once every seven sentences, what would you say about that person? They're infatuated, right? How many married couples know that when you met your wife or met you, when you met your spouse, that's all you talked about, right? That's all you thought about. That, 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 that fascination you had with that person to where you would just talk about them all the time. You'd get around your mom, you'd get around your dad, you'd get around your friends. It's all about them. You were in awe, you were in wonder of that person. That was Jesus in awe of his father. He had been with his father since the beginning. John 1, in the beginning was the word. Moses says, in the beginning, God created. John says, good job, Moses, but I'm gonna go back even further than that. Right? Moses says, in the beginning, God created. God's doing something. John says, there's actually something even further back than that. In the beginning was the word, and the word was face-to-face, pros, intimacy, sharing in life together. That's the beginning. That's the very beginning of all of this. Meaning that everything, that everything that in life is about relationship. Everything, if, if, if we, if the truest beginning, if John 1 is true, in the beginning they were in relationship face to face, that means that everything was created out of relationship. Everything. That's why you and I long for relationship. That's why you and I long for koinonia and fellowship is because that's where we come from. 
You didn't come from Adam, you came from Abba. He is your beginning. He is your beginning, amen? Can I have some amens in here? It's okay, it's, we can all be quiet when we die. We're not dead yet, we're alive. So let's, you know, it's good. Man, there are many expressions in this house. That's what I kept hearing the Father say. It's interesting that today is October the 10th, 10-10, right? Does anybody know what John 10-10 says? It says, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I have come to bring life and life more abundantly. I believe today that, that Abba's releasing some abundant life in this place. I could feel it during worship, man, when we were worshiping and, you know, we were just going after it, man, I felt like that abundance, the, the Lord was releasing that. It's interesting that even Psalm 1010 was read this morning in the prayer room. That was so cool. I just want to encourage this house just for a minute, and I'm going to try to, I'm going to be so respectful of time. Misty knows that I can, I can talk all day, and I don't want to do that. But I just want to encourage, man, and speak into what God is doing here in, in, in the renaming and the reshaping of, of what, of this name, the Father's house. It's amazing. There was a prophecy giving, uh, we had a 24-hour worship in August, and there was a prophecy given during one of the sets that the worship leader began to talk about a dream that he had had that night before, or even that morning of. And he said in the dream, he said uh, he was kind of flying over a map, a large map, and in this map he could see all the different states, the United States, but he was really drawn to Tennessee and Kentucky in this dream. And he said, the Lord spoke to him and said, just as Nashville is known for its music, so Kentucky will be known for its sonship. He said, just as Nashville's known for its music, Kentucky will be known for its sonship. Why is the revelation of Abba so important? Because if you don't see Abba rightly, you don't see yourself rightly. Because you come from him. You're made in his image. And I believe, this is my own opinion, I think the greatest war waged on the body of Christ is to distort the image of Abba Father. Because if you distort that, you begin to mess with the foundation of our belief. Jesus said, who do you say that I am? How many knows the story? Matthew 16, Caesarea Philippi. He gets all of his leadership team together. All of his different expressions. He says, who do you say that I am? Some say, oh, Elijah, John the Baptist. They start naming all these different figures of who Jesus, people, or I'm sorry, people are saying who he is. Who do people say that I am? Elijah, Jeremiah, John the Baptist, you know, whatever. He's like, okay, okay. Hmm. Then he turns it up a notch and he goes, but who do you 
say that I am. And he goes from a, per, a public census to a personal one. And he says, who do you say that I am? Who do you, not your neighbor, not your mom, not your dad, not your preacher, not the apostle, the event, who do you say that I am? I love that. Like Jesus knocks all the fluff off. You know, it's, it's not about your neighbor's perspective of who I am. It's not about that. Who do you? It's a personal relationship. Who do you say that I am? And Peter, usually the first one to speak. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus goes, bingo. He said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But who? My father in heaven. My father told you I was a son. And you can't be a son without, being, without having a father. That's probably the simplest thing you've heard. The, the Holy Spirit spoke that to me the other day and it was like, how many's, ever, how many's ever had something said to you where it was so simple, but it was so profound? Right? <laughs> I call it simply profound. It's like, yeah, but then you're like, oh, I didn't think of it that way. If I'm a son, that means that I have a father. And who I am comes forth from who he is. So how I see him determines how I see myself. And I believe the enemy has waged war on the image of the father because he knows that once you awaken to Abba revelation and who he is and that there is no darkness in him, that he is pure light, he is pure goodness, he is pure mercy, he is pure kindness, he is pure love, he is perfect love. He knows that when you awaken to perfect love, you'll begin to demonstrate perfect love. Jesus said love as you have been loved, then the world will know that you're my disciples. <laughs> and I'm waging war against the enemy. And I've said over my dead, stinking body, will you have my city and distort the image of all the Father? This is what I'm giving my life to. If Jesus gave his own life to reveal Abba Father, I think that it would be wise for us to say the same. I'm gonna give my life to tell the world that there's a Father in heaven and he's not waiting for you to get your crap together. He loves you with an everlasting love. And the minute that you see that his love is ever, ever, never ending and everlasting, you'll begin to awaken to that perfect love. And what does it look like for a people, a body, a father's house in a city. I tell you what, give me one son who's convinced of their belovedness and you'll turn a city upside down. Give me one son or daughter who knows that they're fully loved with the same love that the father loves the son and you'll turn a city upside down. We don't need 50, we need one who's convinced. That was Jesus. Jesus lived in the fascination and the wonder and the awe of his father. Isaiah 11 says it, says it twice. 
It gives us seven spirits upon Jesus. And one of those spirits that is mentioned twice is that he lived in the fear, the awe, and the wonder of his father. He kept his eyes on the father. My father's good. My father's kind. My father is in me reconciling the world back to him. Come on, somebody. 2 Corinthians 5.21, Paul says God was in Christ reconciling the world back to himself. If he's reconciling the world back to himself, who was the one that left in the first place? Man left, not God. And we preach separation, separation, separation. God says, that's a lie. I'm telling you what, I am so one with my children. They're lost and they think that I'm another way than I truly am. And I'm gonna break off that sin. That hamartia is the Greek word. It means to have a sick mind about who God is. The greatest sin that we're battling in this generation is a distorted mind about who the father is. Because if you don't see who the Father is, you begin to behave outside of your original design to be a son fully loved by the Father. Empowered to love, empowered to live, empowered to overcome by his love. Are you guys hearing me this morning? If you can give me one son or daughter fully convinced that they are beloved by the Father, I'm telling you what, you'll turn a city upside down. You'll see one become two, two will be four, four. Before you know it, you'll have a church full of beloved ones who know and are convinced that they are fully loved. I believe Jesus had to hear that word, you are my beloved son, before he could go into the wilderness. It was crucial. The Bible tells us in Matthew chapter three, Jesus gets dunked by John the Baptist. And then right after, he comes up out of the waters and the part and the, the, the heavens like a scroll, some of the translations will say, Father peels back the scroll and releases the word. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus goes forth from that affirmation and begins to run hog wild on the enemy. <laughs> because he knew he was fully loved. He was convinced that he was his father's favorite. He had to hear that word before he'd go into the wilderness. He had to go forth with a heart of awe and wonder of who his father was as he moved forward. And I believe that this is the revelation that I was wanting to release across the earth is the Abba revelation. I've heard a guy say it before, we're in the midst of an Abba awakening. An Abba awakening. Are y'all with me this morning? 
This is so cool. That the first translation of the Hebrew language, if you went to your Strong's Concordance and you were to look up the first translation in the Hebrew language is A-B. It's Ab. If you have a concordance, go home and open it. Find the first word that's translated. When you have the order of words, the first word that is translated is A-B, Ab. It's, it's a compound word and each of those letters, A and B, are Aleph, A-L-E-P-H, and B is Bet, B-E-T, Aleph, Bet. The first translation in the concordance is A-B, Aleph, Bet, and it means father and house. The picture for the A, the Aleph, meaning father or beginning, is an ox. We know the Hebrew language, every word that they use, the 22 letters that they have, each letter has an image to it. The first letter A is an ox, and B is a door. The door is closed on three sides and open on one. There's only one way in. When you put these words together, you get the Father's house. The ox, our suffering servant, as Isaiah calls him, Christ has lifted us out of the pit and he's brought us to the Father's house. We now rest in the Father's house. We're not trying to get there. We're not trying to do all the right things. We're not trying to have perfect attendance on Sunday morning, although that's good. You're welcome, Michael. Although that's good. It's not have you fasted 40 days, three times in your life. It's not have you jumped through all the hoops to get in the Father's house. Beloved, you're in the Father's house. And why don't you just wake up and realize it and begin to celebrate? Do you know that all, oh, I love this. You know all three parables in Luke 15, at the end, there is celebration. like the sheep is found oh that's great the woman found the coin oh praise the lord the son come home all right no it is flat out potty time baby not potty time party time it's party time man every parable in luke 15 it ends with a party What if you and I woke up to belovedness and it would begin to unlock a dance we've never seen before? <laughs> Everyone ends with a celebration. His house has many rooms, many places of expression, and there is a place for everyone. Jesus wears the coat of many colors, signifying that there are many expressions of his nature. The 
The very name of Abba reveals our destiny. Interestingly, Abba spells the same forward as it does backwards. Meaning that your father has always been a father and always will be a father. You can go back into your history and he's Abba. You can go forward into your future and he is Abba. Your faith did not make him a father. Oh my God, I'm gonna kick something right now. If my sonship is, 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 it comes from his nature as a father, then that means that my, my nature as a son is not dependent upon my faith to believe. If I say that my faith is what makes me a son, then that means that my faith actually makes him a father. And I know your faith, you think it's strong. I know sometimes I feel like my faith is strong, but beloved, it's not that strong to change his nature. I promise you that. It's not like he's judge, post, prayer, and then after prayer, he's a father. He always has been a father. You always have been his child. You were just lost. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The last time I checked, when you steal something, it doesn't belong to you. Being a thief does not make you an owner. If someone was to kidnap my child, they would not cease to be my child. But I would tear every wall down in that city to find my son, to find my daughter. I'm coming after you. Mm. Are y'all with me this morning? I'm giving my life to this, man. And I don't even, I'm, here's the thing, like I'm just, Every day I'm waking up to like new revelation, not every day, but some days I'm waking up to like, wow, I had no idea. And what that tells me is I need you. You need me. We need one another in this journey to see Father clearly. Paul said it this way, together with all the saints, we're gonna comprehend the love of God. It's width, it's length, it's height, it's depth. Guys, we need each other. We need every expression. We need all hands on deck in this thing, man. I'm telling you what. We shall progress. Either way you look at it, he is father. He is the truest beginning of who you are. You are in him. You come from Abba, not Adam. We've made the beginning out of about Adam's fall when it's actually about Abba's desire to catch us. We've made the beginning about Adam's fall, Adam's fall, Adam's fall, Adam's fall. When, when you see the story, you see Abba's desire to catch Adam when he fell. Because we've made it about Adam's fall and not at Abba's desire, We've produced a sin consciousness, not a presence consciousness. Let me say that again. Because we've made this whole thing about Adam's fall and not Abba's desire, it has produced a sin consciousness, not a presence consciousness. We've preached depravity, 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 and God is saying, I want you to preach delight, delight, delight. 
Abba has always been good and has always been pursuing his children. It's not that the father suddenly appeared in the New Testament or even in the life of Jesus. He was there the whole time. However, because of the people's views of who he was, either by demonic or cultural influence, they could not perceive him as a father who was seeking them in reckless abandon. Instead, they distanced themselves and and relegated and delegated the responsibility to be a lover of God to someone else. How do you say that, Robbie? Think about the children of Israel when they came out of Egypt. God set them free, right? Through the hand of Moses. Moses partnered with the Lord. They're coming out of Egypt. And they come to Mount Sinai. And Exodus 19 tells us that the Lord spoke over them. I want you to be a kingdom of priests who minister to me, who share my nature and begin to release my authority. That's what a priest did, was one who ministered to God and then began to release his resources in the earth. It's the Genesis one call. It's it's our original intent is to know him in an intimate way, not intellectually, but intimately as a friend. Face to face, right? That's our beginning. That is the priestly call to know him and to release him into the earth. But instead they said, no, we can't go up to the mountain. Let Moses do it. Let Moses be the the go between. Let Let him do all the stuff. Let him do all the ministry. It's really a view of of the Western church. It's like, we wanna come on Sunday and we want you to tell us everything that God's telling you. And then next Sunday, I'll be back and hopefully you better bring it, preacher, because if you don't, I'm going somewhere else. Worship team, I I feel so, I'm a worship leader and I feel your pain. Like, and I don't mean, I'm not saying you guys do this, but I felt this before where like people are looking at you like, you better bring it. as if we have like a meter of the anointing, like an anointing meter. Okay, let's turn it up. You better bring it or I'm going somewhere else, my God. I'm like, whoo. But that's what they were saying was we don't want personal responsibility of knowing him personally and intimately as a father. And they refused it and they demanded laws to keep them in line. It was never father's intention. He wanted to know them personally, intimately. This is my own opinion. I believe that they failed to see Father as good and they saw him as Pharaoh. This can happen a lot in our own lives. We go through a bad situation, we go through abuse, we have a bad mother, a bad father, a bad cousin, a bad aunt, a bad uncle. And we begin to paint that image of them onto the face of God. What we suffer in life, which is true, everybody in this room suffers, can I have an amen? Amen. Right, we all go through stuff, some more than others. What can happen is, is our past experience with people, with however they treated us in a poor way, we can often begin to relate to God in that way and paint an image on him that is not consistent to who he really is. And when we do that, we begin to, we, we, we then begin to, like the children of Israel, resist what he wants to do in our life. 
I've done it so many times. I've had a bad relationship, something goes sour, and I begin to, it messes me up. It messes my mind up. I'm having a hard time relating to the Father. I'm having a hard time opening up to the Father. I told you about the Consume Conference where the woman approached me about the prophetic word. That night before, I woke up with a dream. And after the dream, the Lord began to remind me about the story of Jesse and David. And I'm gonna close on this. I had more to say, but I'm not going to. What time is it? Okay. And, and the Lord began to remind me of the story of Jesse and David. You guys remember when Samuel was going to find David to anoint him as king? You guys know that story? He brings that story to my remembrance and he, he says this to me. He says, everybody talks about Samuel. Everybody talks about David. But what about Jesse? I said, okay. How many knows when the Lord asks you a question, he's not asking for your approval or for you to tell him something. You know what he's getting ready to do? Blow your mind. Who do you say that I am? It wasn't like Jesus was having an identity crisis. Like, I hope you tell me who I am. Oh God, please affirm me, please, God. This thing's awful. He's getting ready to blow your mind. And he says, everybody talks about Samuel. Everybody talks about David. What about Jesse? And he began to talk to me about how that Jesse, you know the story, he brings out his seven best. Y'all remember, right? He brings out the most handsome, the most talented, the guy who could play the guitar, the guy who could shred the, you know, the, the what do you play, a fender? You know, he could shred the fender. He could, you know, he was a great business. I mean, he was very successful, right? Seven best. Jesse's fullness. But the prophetic eyes said, you know what, Jesse? What is your best is not his best. There's something else here. Jesse goes, and if you understand that culture, if, you were a, if a family could not afford a shepherd, they would usually give it to their youngest son. And it wasn't something the sons were lining up to do. <laughs> And he goes, there's someone else. The prophetic eyes, the heart of the father goes, there's, something, there's someone else. And he goes, well, there's David. He's out in the field. He didn't make the top seven, right? I know what it's like to play pickup ball and not be picked to play on the team. <laughs> and Jesse goes, there's another one. He's in the field. So they go and get him, David. His name means Beloved. And, and we know that Samuel, when he sees him, that's the one. He picks up on beloved. He picks up on the worshiping heart. And he anoints him as king. And the Lord began to speak to me that morning. He said, Robbie, you're really good at bringing out your best. But I want it all.
You're really good at showing me what you're good at. And I appreciate that. I love, that's me and you, but I want it all. I want the things that you don't think matter. I want those hidden places in your heart that you stuffed away. That you put away in your own field of your soul. I'm coming after that one because you know what? That what you call the worst could actually be the best and it could actually lead you into a breakthrough. And we know that David was the man appointed to bring the nation into a 33 year worship service. We call it the Tabernacle of David. Where night and day, David raises up 4,000 musicians, 288 singers, and they all gather around the ark and they sing songs to Yahweh for 33 years. The same length of time as Jesus' life. I believe David opened up a window of grace for the anointed one, the, the son of David, to come and minister for the same length of time on the earth. Do you know what your worship does? Do you know what your worship prepares? It prepares the way for the coming of the Lord. David proved it. And the Lord said, Robbie, I want the smallest, the most broken, the most hidden places in you. And you watch what I'll do. I'll turn those things around for good. I'll turn that thing around for breakthrough. And since that moment, there's been something shift in me to where, like, when I go into the secret place, it's, it's like, Father, here it is. It's that Mary worshiper. It's that one who pours out what cost us something. Those hard places, those difficult, dark places. Can I ask, would you come and play? Can you all stand with me this morning? you right now just to fix your eyes upon upon Jesus who is the image of the Father the exact representation of the Father I feel like there's two two ways I want to pray this morning First one is in Ephesians 1. Paul, Paul prays this prayer. He says, I pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. I pray for the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. Paul saying, I want to know what Jesus knows. I want to see through his eyes. 
I want to think like he thinks. I want to see the way, I want to see the Father the way that Jesus sees the Father. If Jesus came revealing the Father in his goodness, in his kindness, and he was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, if he was going after sinner, if he was going after the adulterer, if he was going after the addict and the broken, that means that the Father was going after those. And what caused Jesus to walk like he walked? I believe it was the way that he saw his Father. I want to pray for that this morning, if you would just receive that. We pray that Ephesians 1:17 prayer. We ask for that spirit of wisdom and that spirit of revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. We wanna know what Jesus knows to be true about the Father. And right now, Father, I thank you that you are demolishing any thought that is not true of the Father. Maybe there are some in this room who have stuffed away those images of the Father. Maybe through a bad relationship. Maybe through a mishandling of that relationship. And you've been abused. You've been used. And Father says, that's not my way. That's not how I do things. He came to Abraham. Abraham. When he was going to sacrifice his own son, God interrupts him and says, I'm going to be Jehovah Jireh. I'm going to provide. This is who I am. And time and time again throughout scripture, you meet people and you speak their language in order to show us how you are and who you are. And so right now, I thank you for that spirit of wisdom and that spirit of revelation. Right now, we just open up our hearts. If if you would with me, just lift up your hands right now in this room. Right now, Father, we receive a new mind. We thank you that we have the mind of Christ, that we know what Jesus knows about the Father. Father. We want to know the Father. We don't want to run from the Father anymore. We're in the Father's house. We are physically in the Father's house. Isn't that beautiful? We are in the Father's house. So Lord, I pray for that revelation to sweep across this room. I pray for eyes to be open. I pray for ears to be open. We want to know what Jesus knows. up the front if you need prayer. We want to open up the front. I feel like the Lord wants to, to minister to, to some of us this morning. If you need prayer, maybe there's some things in your heart. Maybe there's some, what I would call inward duplicity. Seeing God one way or the other. The unsettled issue, is He good or is He not? Is he fair or is he not? 
I feel like the Lord wants to, to meet you right now this morning and begin to heal those places in your heart. Maybe there's some things that you've stuffed away, you've pushed away, and the Lord says, I want those things. I want you to bring them to me, and I'm going to make them beautiful. If that's you, I'm going to open up the front. If we could maybe have the ministry team available, ready to minister. But as we keep in worship, you guys just want to sing. Be down here to pray.